Okay, another podcast. This time I am joined by Kevin and his newborn baby. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and welcome, baby. <laughs> yes, this is Ellery. I'm, I'm sorry, what, say that again? Her, her name's Ellery. Ellery, like, well, yep. she's beautiful. How's fatherhood Thank so you. far? So far, so good. Just so a lot of eating and Dumb. sleeping and pooping, and that's about it. Yep, that's your life for well the next, well, the rest of your life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, what's she two two weeks old? Uh, yeah, she just turned two weeks as of Saturday. Wow, well, that's awesome, man! Congratulations, I'm really Appreciate happy for it. you. Um, but. Now, the people who are listening, I'm sure, want to hear about fantasy football, though. So I'm going to switch to that. I'm going to kind of follow the formula that we've, well, we do every week. Um, But try and keep it under an hour at least, because I know Andrew especially gets all fired up when they're an hour or longer. (laughs) Um, So uh, so I'll do a quick recap right right here and jump in if you have any thoughts on any of these games. Um, And then we'll answer some questions from the group me you can go wherever you want to go with the conversation and then we'll end with uh with our picks okay so going down the list i I think the game of the week was sam versus myself so i'll do that one last we had jonathan against billy uh billy whooped up on him low scoring game for jonathan with only 109 um jonathan's kind of been a enigma this year i guess back and forth high scores low scores coming off back-to-back playoffs but a couple weak games um so billy whooped up on him 151 to 109 andrew beat david 139 to 98 um 139 is a fine about an average score but david another week you know under 100 another week where he wasn't the lowest scoring team but second lowest so at 98 Teddy finally figured out how to set a lineup and beat you 167 to 130. Um, I mean, Teddy, if he could set his lineups every week, then he would be up there with Tyler was, you know, it's the top teams in the league, but he finally of course did it against you. Um, Mm -hmm. Tyler record setting day, 222 to 105 beat Keenan more than doubled Keenan. Um, 222.64, as I said in the group meet, is the highest score in league history. Um, that's incredibly impressive. I mean, 45 from McCaffrey, 34 from A.J. Brown, 33 from Diggs. It's just, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, ben beat Kenny in a 113 to 107 shootout. Two of our lower scoring teams this week, but Ben is now three and one driver's seat for playoffs. If the season ended today, he would be the four seed. Um, doesn't have his rookie pick, you know, after the trade with you, you know, all in Ben 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk that trade in a second, but, uh, but yeah, you got, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. Ben's three and one, so he's doing something right. Um, and then our game of the week was very disappointing. Um, I beat Sam 165 to 93. Not disappointing for me, but just disappointing for the hype. Um, it was projected 50-50 going in. I even picked up five defenses, so Sam couldn't and cut him on Sunday <laughs> for 
head coaches and whatnot. Cause I genuinely thought it could come down to, you know, a point or two and Sam has mm-hmm. lost just head coach alone before. Um, but I, I was the second highest scoring team behind Tyler, but I wouldn't say I won. I would say Sam lost 93 points. Um, probably the lowest he's had. Well, let's see in as long as I can, you know, I'm going to, I'm actually going to look up and see what the, the lowest Sam has ever scored. Um, he had a lot riding on Miami and Buffalo just kind of dominated that one. Which you know all about. I mean, that's your team, but uh, yeah, 93 points from Sam. That is his 17th lowest score in 117 games. Um, so actually not his lowest ever, but his lowest, at least in a couple of years. Um, so, uh, yeah, he scored 66 points back in 2017, also against me once upon a time, but, but anyway, that's our quick recap. Um, anything you want to add to that? Um, well, I know we'll get into it a little bit later, but I think it, Billy's going to be pretty tough to beat. I mean, I didn't even know he got a. Didn't he get Puka? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just not fair. I mean, yeah. I don't know if Puka will keep it up for a whole season with Cup coming back, but to add that to Waddle, Devontae, Justin Jefferson, and then if Josh Allen plays anything like he did against Miami and not like he did against the Jets, that's that's pretty impressive. Well, then getting into it, I mean, that was literally one of the questions from the um, group me. Ben asked about predictions. So is Billy your front runner? Would you, are you taking Billy, calling him as champion, or are you uh, going to go with the current betting favorite of Tyler or other? Um, yeah, I mean, I would probably take Billy. He's going to have to get, you know, somewhat vintage Stafford and – Probably a little bit better production than Tutu because Tutu Atwell's not. I, I'm sure his production will dip once Cup comes back too. Um, so that's. I mean, he really needs Eckler to come back. Ramondre Stevenson is rough because he, you know, he he coming into the season had some expectations, but has been mm-hmm. just shit. So um, Evan Ingram's not terrible, but you hate to play a tight end at your flex. Um, so, yeah, but I, you I mean, I, think, no, go ahead. Um, but uh, overall, I mean, he, he can really be carried by Josh Allen, Devonte Adams and Justin Jefferson any given week. Um, I mean, agree, um, with that assessment, but if you look at the star power of Tyler's team, Tyler is still in my in my book the betting favorite, even though Billy's the only undefeated team. I mean, just the rate Tyler is scoring. Look at look yeah. at their scoring side by side. I mean, right now, uh Billy is uh he, he is undefeated, but he's scoring 155.9 points per game. Tyler's scoring 190.8 points per game. He's scoring 35 yeah. more points per game than him. Billy's close. I mean Tyler's in a tier of himself on scoring. And then, you know, Billy, me, and Sam are pretty close in that second tier um, scoring 155, 150, and 148. So, um, so we're close. But, but yeah, I, I, Tyler's star power, unless he has an injury, he's definitely the team to beat in my mind. And I mean, looking at Tyler, 
he hasn't really gotten production from Aaron Jones or T. Higgins at all and still putting up huge numbers. I mean, just McCaffrey alone, 45 points this past week. I mean, McCaffrey is insane this year, but you add in Diggs, you know, is having a big game. Herbert's QB1. Cousins mm-hmm. was QB1 up until this week. Um, so the star power on Tyler is going to be hard yeah. to beat. But but with Tyler and Billy, I mean, they each have, you know, one or two guys on their bench. But if you deal with a couple injuries, anyone can be beatable. The only person I think you can withstand that many injuries is probably Teddy. Teddy, I feel like, is the deepest team, which, which is, makes it hard, you know, as we said before, makes it hard for him to choose the right lineup week over week because he's got so many, like, coin flip decisions. Right. Um, yeah, without an injury, I think Tyler Billy is kind of the betting favorite for a repeat of the championship. And Tyler's gotten massive scores from Dallas's defense, too. I mean, 35, 16, they had a hiccup against Arizona for negative two, which makes no sense. But then, And that's the week he lost to Ben Yeah, by only a couple points. I mean, if he gets even half that production from a defense, that's going to only help. So, yeah, I mean. Realistically, do you think that's sustainable? I mean, a team defense. No. No way. No way. And, I mean, I think you saw it. They gave they had negative three against Arizona. I mean, mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs is their quarterback, and he, I mean, he hasn't played an NFL snap in how many years? Yeah, that's fair. And and like, I mean, look at like all the, the matchups they've had. It, not now, not to take away from the points because they're scoring an absurd amount of points. But the Giants, everyone's putting up points against the Giants. Seattle defense got me twenty-seven points or something against the Giants this past week. Mm-hmm. They played the Jets. They played Arizona and New England. Those are four of the bottom probably six or seven offenses in the NFL. Right. So definitely don't know that that's sustainable. I mean, they do get to play the Giants one more time. They get to play Washington twice. But, I mean, I mean, they'll, we'll find out. They play San Francisco this week. So, But th- this week's a test and then go – I mean, we can – I would say, barring something extreme, almost shoe in Tyler and Billy into playoffs into two of the spots, just because how For strong sure. Tyler's team is across the board. And Billy, he's in the weaker division. You know, Andy's four and zero. But looking at the playoff matchup Dallas has, weeks fourteen through seventeen, they have the Eagles at Buffalo, at Miami, and Detroit. Those are four yeah. horrible matchups. Yeah, no so, thanks. So yeah, I, I mean. Even the number one defense, you might bench in any of those situations. So mm-hmm. maybe Tyler needs to go ahead and already start looking who's got the best playoff matchups and pick up that defense. I mean, he's got a couple spots he could, a couple guys on his bench he could cut to make room. So, right. Yeah. Um, but what about your other predictions? I mean, if you, if Billy's your, your champion, if you're calling that now, where, any other surprises? Who are your four playoff teams? Who's your last place? What, what are you predicting? Um, so I was just, you know, just looking at the year matchup with Sam, like I really like Sam's team, but it's just shocking that he put up 93 points. I think he would need an upgrade over Derek Carr because I, I thought Derek Carr might, you know, you know, he might show out a little bit more in New Orleans, but he's kind of become irrelevant, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so I think he would have to upgrade there. I don't trust Miles Sanders. I never have. Um, 
I love what Swift is doing in Philly, but again, he's another guy who's hard to hard to trust. Um, you never know what Detroit is thinking up there, so you know he could have just been out of favor there and needed to change his scenery and showed out and stays healthy. He could be who everyone thought he was. Um, so I think that's that's a good one to look out for. But you know, Sam's got a solid team. I'm a big fan of Isaiah Pacheco. I think Mahomes is kind of getting to the point where he trusts him especially more than any of his receivers. Um, so I think Pacheco is going to kind of keep growing into that role in that offense. So I like him as a player. Um, big fan of Amaran as well. Of course, Tyreek. Mostert's most a question mark, though, because I think he was so out of his mind good the first three weeks, or really weeks two and three. I just, I mean, obviously he's, I don't think that's sustainable. He always gets hurt. Um, but that yeah, offense is legit. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love because he was one of my <laughs> draft picks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's got a legit team. If he can make a move or two, um, he may have tried to get Dak from me, which I totally get, uh, which we kind of went back and forth a little bit, but I ended up getting kind of the same offer for Sam Howell that I got for Dak and oh wow what, what was a first in a in a receiver or something like that for um you for don't have Dak, to share your Jameson Jameson and there weren't legit players like Jameson and Jahan Dotson involved but it was Dak and a and a, a draft pick hmm. yeah I I agree with you that Carr needs needs that upgrade you don't have to go quarterback as your super flex but it's it's hard you know it's a big advantage to go quarterback over other player like even Derek Carr sub you know a bottom tier quarterback you'd rather start him than Miles Sanders from his bench you know safer to yeah. start a quarterback there um the thing about Sam making a move though is he doesn't have any draft capital I mean look at yeah. His picks available to trade. He's got Ben's third this year, which Ben right now is like we just said, it's a playoff team. And then his own first and third next year. So that own first, 2025 first for a team that doesn't think they can make the playoffs, that's something valuable. Sam could dangle out there. I mentioned on other podcasts, I thought um, Dalton Kincaid could be a piece that Sam could try and maybe move on from, you know, who's got more long term value because. Then this year, if Sam put a first 2025 first plus Dalton Kincaid plus Derek Carr, I think he could get a pretty good quarterback for a package like that yeah. um, to upgrade Carr. But it 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 all depends. If Sam thinks he's close enough to compete with Tyler with Billy, then sure, because you have to, you know, if you got your shot, you go for it. But that's a question, you know, Sam needs to ask. So if you were in Sam's shoes, what would you do? Would you make a move? What kind of offer would you be trying to, to make? Or would you sit tight and just hope for the best? If I'm in his exact position, it's rough without having any draft picks in 2024. I mean, that's that's rough. And there's there's not a lot of depth here. Like, he's got Easton Stick. I don't even know if he's on an NFL roster. Um, <laughs> And Nick Mullins, I thought he was long gone. Um, and it, you'd, I would hate to give up too much, not knowing the 
if Mostert and DeAndre Swift, like not being able to trust their health mm-hmm. or con- consistent production. Because I think everyone always knew their talent level for those guys, and it's shown out kind of over the first four weeks, but they've never really put that together for an entire season. Mm-hmm. So I think that's hard. And, you know, with A-Chan, like if he keeps producing and he's already taking red zone carries away from Mostert and getting, you know, if he's going to get those and get more carries in the middle of the field, then that's going to only hurt Mostert. Um Mike Evans is another guy that it's hard to trust. I mean, he's always good for missing, you know, two plus games a season. Um, but he is an elite talent. You know, Tyreek and Amaron haven't really been hurt. So you've got, you know, two elite receivers, an elite quarterback, the elite potential at running back, but no first round draft picks. I think it's hard to move that 2025 draft pick to go for it because like we looked at with Tyler and uh, Billy and even your team, like the star power is, is there. And that's going to be hard to overcome unless you know you have surefire things like Mahomes or Justin Jefferson or um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be hard to move off of that first unless See, you get blown away. I mean, I, I would shoot for the stars. If you can, to me, um, like Dak would not be shooting for the stars. Like I, I wouldn't make a push like that for Dak. I don't think that would push you over the top. I think you'd have to get something more valuable than that. If someone was willing to, to, to give up something better, then yeah, go for it. But not for someone mid middle of the road. I agree. And I think I even said this last week that if I'm Sam, I'm going after Tua from you. Um, I don't know if he if he did, he did. Um, or maybe Lamar no. Lamar from Andrew, someone like that. Sam needs to make the splash, and he, you know, the first plus you, you got to throw in Derek Carr's replacement quarterback. I like Kincaid. I think he could put Mike Williams in a deal who's hurt for this year, but still young enough to where he holds value for a team that's not competing this year. I mean, he was receiver 15 before he got hurt. So throw in, I don't know, throw in whatever. But I think Sam, if I'm Sam, and especially because it is Sam, who historically has always been so close but never there, and I don't know if he's feeling his window close or whatever, because he's he's been that he was the highest scoring team multiple years. He has more third place finishes than anyone, I think. I'm going all in. Sam needs that championship. So if I'm him, I'm doing it. I'm making the big splash. If I have to overpay a little bit, I overpay a little bit. So I'm glad you mentioned Tua. So I'm going to go on record with Tua. And I looked like a complete dumbass for picking Tua. One, one at first overall, however many years ago that was, with mm-hmm. Herbert and Burrow. And so I'm going to live and die with Tua. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's producing since I went out and got him first overall, which right now looks okay. Hasn't looked okay for many years. Don't know how long it'll last, but I'm going to, I'm going to bask in that and I'm going to hold on to Tua with my life. That's fair. That's fair. I, I you, you and I talked about Tua one time, a couple, a year or two ago, and I didn't want to part with a first. It was before he actually yeah. turned into to Tua, but I wish I had at the time. Uh, all right. Any other 
predictions about the uh, end of the final rankings or anything like that before we go on to some of these other questions? Um, I hate to, to shit on anybody, but I just don't, I don't believe in Ben as a contender. Okay. Well, make your case. I mean, he's three and one. Those results, yep. you know, you can't hate on that. I, I, yep. That's very true. Um, Jordan Love and, and his wide receiver clan uh, don't have a lot of confidence in that producing on a weekly basis. Um, I think, you know, Jordan Love did some nice things early on. Um, he did really bad in the first half against Detroit and then kind of came back in what I would consider garbage time, put up a couple touchdowns um, to make it reasonable. Uh, you and I have talked offline about Zach Moss, and you know my feelings about Zach Moss. He do you want to make as a as a Buffalo Bills fan? Do you want to make your feelings of Zach Moss known publicly to everyone? Sure, Zach Moss couldn't get touches behind the most average running back on the planet, and Devin Singletary, who I I was just as I was looking through the teams and looking at my own team, I think Damon Pierce, Damian Pierce, whatever the hell his name is, I think he might take that. Uh, trophy from Devin Singletary as the most average running back on the planet and now they're teammates. So um, <laughs> my belief in Zach Moss is, is minimal. Um, I had high hopes early on, but, and especially Buffalo decided to go with Latavius Murray, who is like 50 years old um, and Damon Harris, Damian Harris and let Zach Moss go, who is younger than I believe both of them. Um, and significantly younger than Latavius Murray. So that tells me enough I, about that. Um, I mean, Kareem Hunt, I had Kareem Hunt for years. He was one of my elite players before his whole arrest thing. Um, I just don't know about Cleveland. Their defense is legit, but their offense seems hit or miss. And if Deshaun's not playing, then their offense is terrible. Houston's a nice story, I think. With Tank Dell, I think C.J. Stroud looks legit um, mm -hmm. so far. So don't hate that. Laporta has obviously felt, uh, been nice for Detroit. Um, JSN, I mean, I, he's obviously got the talent, but that that's not a team that's that's not a team with Herbert quarterbacking throwing fifty times. Even though he, he only threw a few times last week, but. Um, and that he's the third receiver. So that's that's a tough spot to be in. Um, and then I like Brock Purdy. I honestly think Brock Purdy's better than Sam Howell. Um, so I think that's a nice piece, but that's kind of where it ends. Uh, the bench is a little, little thin. And I Ben tried to get Jameson from me for like the last year. Um, and I was always He's a Lions fan, so of course. But I was always staunch again against it because I just I believed so much in Jameson, and then he came to me again, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm I'm over this guy. He hasn't seen the field. He got hurt in preseason again. Um, you know, he he had one big touchdown catch last year. Like I'm ready to move on from him. So I'm no longer a Jameson believer. But you know, it would be great for him if he he showed out. So that's kind now, of my case for that. Uh, no, keep going. If you want to talk more about Ben's team, if you got more to say. <laughs> no, I think I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to make any more enemies. 
<laughs> I like Ben. He's uh, a nice pendulum guy. Pendulum swinging back and forth on Ben. He texted me after the last podcast. He was like, I got a lot of love on the podcast. So we'll see when he texts me uh, today. I'm sorry, Ben. Um, <laughs> so about that then, you and Ben with the, the Jameson Williams trade. How, how did that happen? Was that the initial offer? Did you, how, Was there a lot of back and forth on that? Uh, it seems the consensus across the league is most people think you won. And most people think Ben definitely overpaid, especially with his team, you know, not really looking like a championship or someone to compete for a championship and giving up his one first this year. Um, but what, what, how did it play from someone involved in the trade? What, what do you want to say about it? That was the only offer. I uh, was not going to let him dwell on his offer any longer by making a counter. Um, because uh, I, I mean, I think it's pretty well known. Everyone lo- loves the 2024 rookie QB class. Um, Going to be a strong class, even if Caleb Williams stays. I think it's still a pretty strong class. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2024 draft capital, first round draft capital, is what I want. Um, I don't necessarily believe Sam Howell as being a long term guy for. Washington. I mean, I think he could be there for maybe a year or two as a starter, um, but he just kind of seems to fit in that mold to me. Young guy gets a chance, plays, you know, 30 games and doesn't quite prove himself and they move on. Uh, so that's kind of where I view Sam Howell. Um, Jahan Dotson hasn't put up great numbers. Obviously, he's working with Sam Howell as his quarterback. Um, but to me, kind of where I met, Jameson's still an unknown, but I think they kind of might be very similar players. I think Jameson mm-hmm. might put up Jahan Dotson production. Maybe I kind of see him as like Jameson maybe is like a one catch for a 40-yard touchdown kind of guy. Um, and then maybe like other games like three catches for 22 on some screens, trying to get him in space, uh, make a move nothing happens. That's kind of where I see Jameson. So I think that's equivalent to, uh, to what Jahan Dotson kind of is right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first, again, I mean, Sam Howell, I picked up as a free agent, I think. So to turn that into a first round draft pick, you know, I'll take that. And even if Sam Howell pans out and becomes a decent starter, you know, he becomes Alex Smith, um, you know, kind of a game manager, decent starter, you know, gives you 225 a game with a touchdown or two, maybe one on the ground. Um, if I can get, you know, a, a solid player in the draft, then, you know, I'm okay with that. It works out for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, talking to, like, Sam when it was happening, I was texting with him, and he said he actually had Jahan Dotson rated higher fairly significantly and Jameis Williams just one-to-one. Personally, I, I – and betting on Jamison Williams, and I liked him more than Dotson, but I still think you won the trade because the first, to me, was the most valuable piece of everything mm-hmm. involved in there, um, especially sure. with this draft class. And and you collecting him now, you have three firsts for this upcoming draft. Um, I, I calculated, I don't know if people realize, but every day or every week when I do the ideal lineup, I also update the draft history page of our Google Doc. Yep. So people can see what the projected order is and the picks available to trade. So like right now, Ben, even though his ILP is not that great, he's projected to be in the um, playoffs. 
So his first round that I currently own is projected pick nine. But as of today, you're projected pick six, seven, 10, 17, 20. Very good draft capital. It, with having the six, seven, and 10, do you see yourself being someone packaging all three firsts to try and go get Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison? Or do you just, are you someone who thinks, you know, I can get three great pieces, let the board come to me? And I know it's way too early to be asking these questions, but since so much yeah. can change, that's why I feel like you'll actually answer it now. Because if I asked you, you know, a week before the actual draft, then you're not going to be wanting to share your insider stuff. Um, I think I would be willing to package and move up. As long as I held on to maybe one second rounder, um, then may I think I would feel comfortable with that because I still feel like I can get a player in the second round um, mm -hmm. plus a superstar. Um, for me, if if Caleb, I I honestly would not want Caleb Williams if he went to the Bears. <laughs> that is just the most incompetent offensive franchise I have ever seen, and it does not matter what piece you put there. Even so, if they somehow ended up with a new head coach. But how many times have they done that? I mean, we've That's gone true. from, what was the guy who coached in the Canadian League? Mike it's, Trestman. It's, he was oh, supposed Martin to be Trestman, the offense. Yeah. yeah. It's ever since they the fired Lovey Smith after a 10-win season. Right. It's been trash. Nothing but trash. Well, um, even with Lovey, they, their <clears throat> offense wasn't anything to write home about. They just had an elite defense with Briggs <laughs> and Erlacher and uh, Tillman. So, but yeah, I mean, days. the that's just where offensive players go to die. Yeah, their points came from Devin Hester. Is where their points would come from. Right, and so like back in the that time, Matt Forte was like he's like my all time favorite fantasy player. Um, but even like what I felt like was the prime of his career, he like stopped getting utilized. And even right now, like I love. Khalil Herbert. I think he's a solid back and he just does not do anything in that offense. And we, I think you see it with David Montgomery. I thought David Montgomery was a bust. He goes to Detroit and I mean, he looks legit. He looks like what everyone said he was as a mm -hmm. rookie mm -hmm. for what he was supposed to be. So that offense scares me. Um, you know, a transcendent quarterback can obviously change that. But to give up three draft picks for it, I don't know. Then sitting at six, seven, ten, are there any players in college right now that you you're seeing? Yeah, maybe a mid first round pick might be someone I could uh, I'd be eyeing. Well, honestly, I know nothing about college football. Um, I know like the elite guys. I know that there's a handful of quarterbacks, what Drake May, Michael Penix, mm -hmm. obviously Caleb Williams. I know who Marvin Harrison Jr. is. They, Ohio State has another receiver with a funny name that's good, I think. Yep, the Mecca Egbuka. Egg, ah, Egbuka. Yeah, I think I read the other day, too, that there's a few other like pretty solid receivers coming out. Yeah, not, not supposed to be the best running back class. There's no Bijan or anything, but there is a historically good quarterback, a historically good quarter, uh, receiver, and a historically good tight end. Um, you know, think – Prospect level, Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Johnson, Kyle Pitts, all in the same draft. Yeah. And then uh and then really deep at quarterback and receiver. So it's a great draft to have 
three picks in the first. So, um, yeah. so if you want to get rid of one, I'm here. I'll take one of those <laughs> off your hands. I'll take mine yeah. back. <laughs> um, uh, after well, trading Jameson Williams, he wasn't on the board, you know, on the, the block, it sounds like. Is there anyone on the block? You were just kind of hating on Pierce on your team. Is there anyone that you're you're putting out there to all the everyone listening to the podcast saying make me an offer for? So I get I get asked that a lot. Like, is this person available? My answer ninety-nine percent of the time is yes. The only person right now. I would be willing to trade everybody except for Tua and probably Olave um, and Achan simply because I don't I don't think we know enough about him yet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously he's been out of this world good, which is not possible to keep up mm-hmm. um, for a full season. The, how good he's been, um, but I I want to see what he he is. I mean, if he's a 15, 20 point guy a week then, yeah, I'm going to hold on to him. But outside of those three guys, there is not anybody on my team I wouldn't talk about. Okay. All right, everyone listening, hit hit Kevin up. He's on paternity leave. He's got time to make (laughs) trades. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. uh, But on the flip side, that's not the same for my draft picks. That's that's where I got to live. I got to I got to hang on to those draft picks. That's what I want. And really after you know you you shared how much draft capital I have in this upcoming draft. If I'm not competitive after that, then it's probably got to be blown up, start from scratch somehow because yeah. you know. I've I've gone through a few three or four drafts now where I felt like I've gotten things somewhat moving in the right direction, obviously with Tua and Alave. Addison's shown some some flashes. Um, we'll see about HN. I mean, I thought, you know, I had a steal in Algier until Bijan came to town. But with Desmond Ritter continuing to show that he's incompetent, um, Arthur Smith may, you know, continue to ride Algier and Bijan, which I can get down with that. So, yeah, he still does, definitely has value. Um, and we talked about Stroud, how good he's been so far. And I know it's only four games, but any regrets not taking him? I mean, it looks like you got a haul back on that trade. You moved back two spots. Kenny moved up for Stroud. You ended up with Addison and A-Chain in the same, with the two picks. So it's it's hard to not you know, be yeah. happy about that trade. But quarterback is king in this league, and C.J. Stroud is really good for a rookie. Yes, I agree. Um I don't necessarily regret it just yet. I will say that um, I was not a believer in Stroud coming out. So that's why I jumped on it, especially when he said that's who he was going to go with. Um, I felt comfortable with Dak and Tua for now. So, And again, I wasn't in love with CJ Stroud, but he's proved me wrong for sure. Um, So Mm -hmm. I, I don't regret it yet. We'll see, you know a year or two from now where Addison and HN and Stroud all kind of play out. So would you have drafted Stroud there or would you have taken JSN who Ben took the next pick or even gotten Addison? Um, I don't know that I would have taken Stroud and I would have been a lot more disappointed in that than where I ended up. Okay. Um, 
Sounds good. Well, moving on then, I'm going to go through some of these other questions here. Billy asked, did Neil Armstrong really go to the moon? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there, but he sure seemed like it. He either went to a fake moon or a real one, so he went to some sort of moon. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I'm going to say yes, he did, um, but I like your answer better. Um, what's your What's the beef with Civil Development Group? Yeah, so this one, I saw Billy ask this question, um, and I'm guessing he did watch the, the documentary on Max. And I don't have any issues with people going out and making their money they want, but they preyed on the wrong population of people utilizing the wrong leverage. They leveraged charity against a vulnerable population of old people, and that makes you a shithead. So um, can't get behind that. Uh, if you want to, you know, defraud people, go defraud Generation Z or something. You don't really care about them. Uh, but the old people who are living off Social Security, don't tell them they're giving money to police charities or any kind of charities. Um, and then, like, you know, a fraction of a cent goes to charity and they're sending you $35 of their $720 Social Security check. So that's my beef with them. That's pretty fair. What's the name of the documentary? I've never seen it. Um, it is called Telemarketers, I think. I think that's what it's called. Um, but yeah, it's, it came out on Max a little while ago, and like two guys who worked for the civil development group made it like to expose the whole industry because it's like a huge thing. Yeah, that and they sounds use really shitty. Yeah, they use like predatory practices and their their big thing is the, you know, everyone with the fraternal order of police stickers that they got, that's mm -hmm. the, they send them those stickers to make them feel like they're getting something for their donation. But then like this third party, which is civil development group, takes like 95% of the donation and then like 5% of it might go to charity. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. I didn't know any about that, any background of your team name. So, uh, all right. So I can get behind that being your being a uh, a fraud. What uh, do you like? Any other team names? I know um, David gave a shout out to mine on Enron. I've given a shout out to Sam's. I think Bowie Bull Bowie's hilarious as a yep. team name. I mean, obviously Andrew. He's ridiculous. <laughs> So. Andrews kept his same logo from when we were uh, 19th century military uh, generals <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was, and he was Robert E. Lee. And then yep. he, he, he won that year, so he became Robert E. Champion, and he put sunglasses and a crown on the picture, and he's kept the picture, and now he's just Jesus. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I enjoy that. I mean, Billy McFarlane and Firefest, yeah, everyone knows they're a fraud. So. But mm -hmm. um, Enron, I like that. That's a good throwback. Atlanta scammers. Who are the Atlanta scammers? Is that like the guys who sell water on the streets? I I don't know who that who the Atlanta scammers are. We're gonna have to get uh, Teddy on talking about his team name, I guess. But uh, no, you can't hate on the water boys that are selling water <laughs> on the street, in Atlanta. They're they're all all around my house. I see the water boys. I, just, I view yeah. them as entrepreneurs. They're not they're yeah. not frauds. <laughs> and then Frontier, I think I like the creativity behind that because I can get behind that, you know, the, the cheap airlines where you get a cheap fare, but then you got to pay for everything else. 
you know, you got to yeah, pay 30 yeah. bucks to carry a bag on. It's like, well, where the hell am I traveling without a bag? Yeah, right. So, so I appreciate that, uh, that creativity. Although every airline now, I actually, um, I don't know if you knew this, but every year Ben and I go on a trip to a different college football game, different stadium. Um, this yeah. year in about a month, early November, we're going to go see USC against Washington at USC. So Michael Penix and Caleb oh, nice. Williams see him play against each other in, in LA. And we're flying American and to choose your seats, it was 10 bucks a person yep. per flight, just a seat selection. Yep. I mean, they're all going to that kind of spirit frontier frontier model, which sucks they're all scams like david said yep um okay next question as a new father and fantasy enthusiast what are the problems in today's fantasy realm that you hope your child won't face how can we build a better fantasy world for the children um we need to make the running back position relevant again i think andrew and i have had this conversation like at least five times in the past i don't know few months uh he's you know, talking about trades about and with involving running backs. And it's just like, how can you trust any running back outside of, you know, maybe a couple people because they just mm -hmm. come and then they die off just as quick, you know? And right now for me, the most recent example is Dalvin cook. I mean, Dalvin cook was elite and then Minnesota decided to move off of him. Cause I'm guessing they don't want to pay him. And then he goes to the jets and he's a complimentary back now. I mean, granted, they are they do have Zach Wilson as their quarterback, so mm -hmm. um, that doesn't help. But even Brees Hall, I mean, Brees Hall has fallen off a cliff for the Jets, and he was super legit. I mean, the only running backs that have had any kind of longevity I, that I can think of are McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, who he's even started to show some signs, Chubb until he broke his whatever tore his knee up i mean you can't say eckler because eckler's literally out four games a season mm -hmm. who am i missing now, uh, now you're saying um it, it typically is age 28 29 running backs hit that cliff i mean dalvin cook is 28 this is age 28 season and he was coming off four straight 1100 plus yard season pro bowl seasons McCaffrey's 27. Maybe McCaffrey hits that wall next year. Um, mm -hmm. You have a lot of these, these running backs um, that have been the perennial, you know, good for the last couple of years. We're seeing a changing at the guard of running backs uh, because now that that generation of Christian McCaffrey's 27, Joe Mixon's 27, Saquon's about to turn 27. Um, you see Tony Pollard, who came out of nowhere, you know, last year's first year's starter. Well, he's about to turn 27. So there's a lot of running backs in that age. Nick Chubb's 27. Dalvin Cook's 28. Kamara's 28. Zeke Eckler are 28. So, um, so we're about to see a big transition over the next couple of years on for those people. You mentioned Derek Henry. I mean, he's, he's almost 30. He turned 30 in like a month or two. So he's kind of an anomaly that he's still doing it, but just historically running backs, you get five, six years of them. I mean, this is but even year, that Dalvin cook. This is his seventh year in the league. He had, yeah, this is seventh year. He had six good seat. Well, a rookie year where he didn't play that much, five good seasons. And now he's, 
you know, rotational back. That's just kind of par for the course of running backs. That's not just a new thing, but that's been at, at, for 20 years now. Yeah. So, but on a different note, I feel like in today's game, you are, it's very plausible that you could have a top tier running back who gets six carries in a game or very minimal 10 to 12 carries in a game. And it wouldn't be that uncommon. But thinking back in the day, you think Adrian Peterson was ever going to get 10 touches in a game when he was a, a bell cow? I'm, that's more of my my thing. Like, where are the bell cow backs? Like, this is your no-doubt no lead back. Like, that's what made fantasy for so many years. I mean, everybody going after that running back. Um, so that's, you know, that's just a hard transition to make, or at least it was for me. So hopefully um, – you know, she can figure that out in the future as a fantasy football player. <laughs> yeah, when she joins our league, when she uh, when we eventually expand to fourteen teams, she'll have a spot. Yeah. She'll, she'll be grandfathered in. Right. But and um, the, well, just one other thing on that too is like, I feel like the quarterback position too, like outside of top ten, everyone is kind of the same. Mm -hmm. Maybe top 12 now. Um, so, like, hopefully that kind of stables off and you get a longer-term group of, or a bigger group of quarterbacks that are kind of fantasy-relevant, I would say. Um, Isn't that every position, though? I mean, tight end, you have just a couple, and then beyond that, if you're not getting Kelsey Andrews or Hawkinson, then – there's a tier of 10 guys in that next tier, you know, some slightly better than others. And then there's a tier of 20 guys, tight end 30 versus tight end 15, you know, it's probably not comparable. So like any positions kind of like that, you have a, a handful of elite receivers, then a big group of that next tier up. I mean, that's my whole team of receivers. I got Amari, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin. Those guys are all in the same, you know, kind of echelon of player, which is a big group of players. But the top, quarterbacks are so far ahead of everybody else i mean mahomes uh josh allen i mean it was burrow he's doing really bad now but burrow herbert and i mean in fantasy most of the time lamar just because of what he can do with his legs i mean mm -hmm. that is so different than i mean i thought Trevor Lawrence was kind of going to find his way into that group, but even him, like he's not a huge fantasy player so far. Um, this year, he's really let me down. He's QB 17 so far. Yeah. So like, he's not been in that class, but like, what's the difference between him and say like golf? I would like, what's their differential? Golf's probably outscoring Trevor Lawrence. I would guess. I mean, yeah. what I say he was 17 um, and golf looking at him, he's QB 16. So yeah, comparable at the moment. So like for me, why, why are like Kirk cousins and golf who put up fairly decent stats? Why are they viewed so differently than someone like, um, like Herbert? Cause I bet you could do a standard like token. I was, I drafted golf as my backup quarterback in like one of the last few rounds. It's mm -hmm. like, why is he a last round pick? It's just, 
I feel like it's very, very top heavy and I would like it to even out a little bit more, I guess is kind of where my, my point lies. No, I agree with you in um, that's why in a super flex league, those top quarterbacks are so much more valuable than any other player. I mean, if we redid our, our dynasty draft today, Patrick Mahomes is an obvious number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and in redraft one quarterback, it's a little different. You know, i if you don't get Mahomes in the second round or something like that, then wait and get a golf in round 12 or whatever. I mean, that's the way I always play it. So I, I agree with you there. Um, and I agree that bell cows are going away that and for running backs, that's been a trend for a while. Um, but that also, that means the few remaining ones are that much more valuable. I mean, up until this year, Derrick Henry, the amount of work he's gotten, you know, 25 carries a game consistently, something like that just makes him so rare that he was in redraft leagues. He's, you know, clearly a top three pick every year. Um, that's finally starting to hit some a- some of his age and Spears is getting a little work now. Um, but that, that actually makes me uh, one guy that I've dangled as um, as a trade option for, a, for a lot of teams is Joe Mixon. And that has me surprised why, there's a lack of interest in him. Um, age-wise, you know, he's that same age as Saquon, as I was just saying, McCaffrey and stuff, where it's the tail end of their prime, but still, uh, you know, in their prime, but should slow down in the next couple of years. So it could just be an age thing, but I feel like his value is has been diminished despite him being one of those true bell cows. Cincinnati doesn't have a committee at all. They feed mm-hmm. They're running back. So maybe there's just not belief. I mean, I even offered him to you before and you didn't believe maybe there's other issues. Um, but it's uh, it's just one of the things that that I thought um, was a little confused by the, the limited value on a player like that who still is a bell cow. Well, yeah, and I think, too, kind of like it's like outside of those elite elite talents, it's like man, am I really getting that much of an increase in value by making a move or is like everyone kind of just so similar and so bunched together in that middle of the pack that it's like, am I, is it worth it to make a move? I mean, I've already got a guy. I don't want to give up an extra asset to get somebody who may have minimally more production. You know, you're talking a handful of points maximum a week increase. Yeah. They may have more potential for a big game, but like how often is that going to happen? Or when is somebody like Joe Mixon just going to all of a sudden start getting 10 carries a game? You know, it's just so for your team specifically, then the the trades you would make are either one of two to get an elite piece where you'll package a lot together, get one of those top tier guys, regardless of position Mm -hmm. or to get younger and draft capital. Any other sort of trade, it's not really doing much for you. Yeah. And the only reason I would do anything outside of that would be like a bias. So, like, if somebody, I mean, this isn't a very good example, but, like, well, I'll use Dalton Kincaid. Do I think Dalton Dalton Kincaid is on the Bills? Obviously, I'm a Bills fan um, and a Falcons fan. So, I would, I would take Dalton Kincaid, even if he wasn't necessarily an upgrade over I ha- who I had. He might be an equivalent. Um, you know, I would be willing to, to make that trade just to get somebody that I, I would, on a team that I root for as long as it didn't hurt my team, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
that that was one of the deciding factors for me when I had the number one pick of do I trade Bijan, you know, do I try and dangle this super valuable piece to try and get, you know, some sort of package to get a Jamar Chase or someone, you know, like that. But I just, I couldn't do it. Having the star of your current team matters because mm-hmm. I watch the Falcons and it's just more fun, you know, to root for the guy for more than one reason. Um, but a couple more questions here. Ben said, is Caleb Williams going back to school to avoid the Bears? Uh, I have no idea. I saw yesterday that he wanted to play for like only five teams. Um, I don't know how. I was just a tweet or X or whatever that I saw. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a legitimate person saying that or not. Um, I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen that really in the NFL since Eli said he wasn't going to play for the Chargers. So, and it's it's a little early. You know, we're in freaking October right now. So, but nil is the big big factor. He can make as much money at USC probably as a rookie quarterback. True. So if he truly um, hates the situation, go back to USC. Should the Falcons have drafted Jalen Carter over Bijan? Um, possibly. It, it's too hard to say when you don't know what the Falcons are because they don't have even the slight, slightest competence at quarterback. Good answer. Um, if you were making the pick at the time, would you have taken Jalen Carter, Bijan, or a different player? Um. I would have taken Bijan, probably. I agree. I was happy with the pick. What animal besides humans has a chin? Us, uh, a walrus. Does it really? I, I don't know, but they sit with like all of their. I don't know if it's just like neck rolls or chins that <laughs> scrunch. Yeah, up. that was a weird question from Andrew. I have no idea what the answer is, so I'll we'll say walrus. I'll yeah, I'll tag along to your answer. So those are your questions. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything you you want to go with the conversation before we do our predictions? Yeah, so I'll do this real quick, and you may or may not remember. Yeah, take your time. Been, I mean, may have been ten years now, and I'm pretty sure it was you. Um, and it would have been either in Smyrna or Cobb County, but you got pulled over by a cop. Do you know where I'm going with this? I know. As Sam was in the car with me. I was driving. We had just gotten pizza. And the cop asked you if you were Andrew's brother, right? Yeah. 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 So while you were pulled over, the cop called me and asked if you were Andrew's brother. Because <laughs> the cop was my roommate. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I knew it was someone who knew Andrew. I mean, obviously, yes, weird. Um, but my tag was expired. Sam and I lived in an apartment off South Cobb Drive together. Um, and we just, we used to, on Friday nights, we would go to, if we didn't have plans or anything, Pizza Hut, big dinner box, and a mm-hmm. case of Heineken cost the exact same to the penny. So we would buy a case of Heineken and split a Pizza Hut big dinner box and just watch TV, watch movies and just hang out if, if neither of us had plans. And we were, went to go pick up our pizza and we're driving back and the cop pulled up behind me. Uh, my tag was expired. And so I had to pull over and, uh, ask for IDs and saw Pensick. And yeah, that's, yeah, um, I, I remember that for sure. For sure. I didn't yep. realize it was your roommate. I knew it was someone who knew Andrew, but yeah. So and he didn't give you a ticket, I don't think. I think he asked no. me, he's like, should, should I write him a ticket? I'm like, nah, let him go. <laughs> well, I appreciate so, that. <laughs> yeah. So 
that's a odd connection. I don't know why that popped up in my head this morning, but I remembered that story. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that Blake called me when he had James pulled over and asked him, asked me if I should, <laughs> that, that's you should get a ticket. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, yeah probably was ten years ago because man Sam will Sam will know we lived together in that place. But I started at my at Vatic in 2011 at my company, and I had been there maybe yeah maybe two three years. So well yeah we'll say 2013 2014 somewhere around somewhere around there when that happened. Yeah. Did that pop in your head before I even asked you to do the podcast? Uh, no, I think it was after that. Hmm. I was going to say that was really random then that yeah, right? <laughs> thought of that story. And then I text you a little bit later. Um, well, I do appreciate you joining the podcast with, uh, you know, with a baby and she's been great. I mean, hasn't made a, a sound the entire time we've been recording for everyone yeah. who can't see. She, he's, she, he's holding her and been rocking this entire time. Yeah. She's um, good. Unless she's hungry. Then she gets pissy like her mom. <laughs> All right. We have, Six games coming up this week, and we'll say the game of the week is Sam against Ben. Um, reason being all the playoff implications, but I think the predictions on that one might be eh, might be a little easier. So we'll put our runner-up game of the week, you against Jonathan. So we'll do those two last. So let's go on through, okay. make some predictions, start with whatever game you want, except save those two for last. All right, I got Billy at Andrew first. Looks like Billy is a 30-point favorite. Not very surprising. Um, Andrew is too reliant on Green Bay wide receivers. They are playing the Raiders, but still don't love that. Um, Andy's got a Denver wide receiver, and I just cannot get behind Russell Wilson on Denver, um, even though I'm a big Javante Williams and Cortland Sutton guy. Russell Wilson has ruined that franchise. Uh, so I think Billy's got that in a pretty easy, easy W and Matt, Matt Breida in a starting lineup, even if he plays over Saquon is not, not going to get, get you very far. Mm -hmm. Okay. I agree. Current projections have Billy winning 152.8 to 122.6, but Andrew has Breida in instead of Saquon. And I believe Saquon is supposed to play as of now, but who knows? We'll see. So I got Billy on up. that one. Yeah. Teddy versus David. That's where I'm at next. I'm with you here. Now, David uh, actually joined the league through Teddy. So uh, is he going to, uh, how's this one going to play out between the buddies? Um, let's see. So it looks like Teddy has Fields, who looked great last week. Uh, playing against Washington, whose offense has been or defense has been hit or missed this year. It is a Thursday night game, so that makes things a little unpredictable. Uh, Anthony Richardson's looked pretty solid so far. Um, again, Brees Hall and Najee—that's two disappointing running backs. This is kind of almost a, a coin flip. Uh, Sky Moore—I thought he was going to be good in that offense. Um, he's been nothing but disappointing. Gabe Davis is only a home run hitter, uh, so he could get you zero, or he could catch you a couple touchdowns. Um, I like Ayuk a lot. I, I'm going with Teddy on this one. Now, uh, interesting that you're calling this one a coin flip when uh, David is scoring at an absurdly low rate and Teddy is 
one of our highest scoring teams, actually our second highest if you talk ILP. Um, just historically, historic scoring from this season, Teddy should blow him out. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. I, I think Teddy figured out this past week what he needs to do to set up his lineup. He's going to do it again. ESPN projects Teddy winning 126 to 102, but I bet you – I think Teddy's going to win by 40 points. Okay. I, he's got Geno on by. He's got Lockett, Kenneth Walker all on buys. Friar Muth is hurt. Um, but I will give you that I didn't – I said that it's a coin flip before I got to the bottom half of David's starting lineup and uh, Van Jefferson, some guy named D. Douglas on the Patriots, and mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs. Uh, that doesn't do a whole lot for anybody. So um, I still give the edge to Teddy, but I think it could be close. Just yeah, because, I mean, Pittsburgh's offense is a joke, so Najee could be nothing. Another guy flipped for a first-round pick. I'll pat myself on the back for that one. There's two first, wasn't it? It might have been. I don't know. I I felt I felt bad about it at the time because I thought Najee was going to be legit, and that just hasn't worked out. Um, but yeah, I think Teddy's got a lot of boom and bust with Fields and Ayuk and Ridley and Nico Collins. Um, so that's what I think could play a factor. But he's still got the advantage. You're, you're Lee Corsoing it. You're saying closer than the experts think. But uh, I, I'm just I'm believing in Teddy here. Teddy knows what he's doing. He's got some players. I'll give him that. All right. What game do we have next? I've got uh, Kenny and Tyler. I mean, we've already talked pretty heavily about what Tyler's got going on. Um, I mean, DJ Moore and Drake London as your number one receivers. Love that on paper. Don't love that when you watch their quarterbacks play. Um, Same with Rondale Moore. I mean, DJ Chark, nice player, but nobody on Carolina's offense does anything for me. I said I like Javante Williams, but just doesn't do it in Denver's. Um, easy win for Tyler. Yeah, uh, Tyler is um, is has some luck that Justin Herbert, QB1, that his bye happens to be against Kenny this week. Because Tyler yeah. plays Billy next week, and those buys will really come into play. But – the Higgins injury and the Herbert by he can weather the storm without those guys against Kenny. Yeah. He's going to win easy. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he, he gets to play Jacoby Myers or Christian Kirk. Uh, Cause Kirk cousins will have to be his QB, which, mm-hmm. you know, those are, those are solid players. He's got golf on the, on his bench too. Oh, so. did he? I miss golf. So yeah, he's fine. Um, yeah. All right. You got you next versus Keenan. Yep. Um, I don't love Trevor Lawrence against Buffalo for you uh, or ETN. I mean, we saw what Buffalo did to Mostert. Achan got a couple touchdowns, um, but then Keenan's got some guy named R. Rivers as his running back, too. Uh, Terry McLaurin, just don't. I love him as a player. Um, don't trust him as a wide receiver on the Commanders. Same with Pittman. So I went heavy on McLaurin and Pittman last year, and that did not work out so well for me. Um, So I've kind of cooled on those guys uh, that are kind of the same to me. Um, K.J. Osborne, he could get a touchdown, but, you know, whatever. 
Tennessee wide receiver, no thanks. Daniel Jones has been bad. Uh, I think you got it. Um, I know you're projected to lose, but I think you'll be okay, especially if you get Cup. Looks like they say Cup might play. Is that right? I have him in my lineup. He has projected points, and same with Jonathan Taylor. So yeah, and- if those two don't, then it's an uphill battle for me, and I might not win because look at buys. I, I'm the team that's impacted the most this week. All mm-hmm. three of my starting receivers uh, that have started every other game this year are all on buy, as is Deshaun Watson. Um, so I'm not starting a quarterback in the Superflex, and my current starting receivers are Cup, Michael Thomas, and John Mechie, who's, yep. well, wide receiver four in Houston. So I might be sending out some trade offers for receivers uh, today and tomorrow. But you're starting, um, but, if Taylor plays, you're starting five top 12 running backs. So I think that makes up for having shit receivers. Um, and it's entirely possible that running back one, two, wide receiver one, two, and three for Keenan, all score single digits. I would not yep. be shocked if that happened. So um, I think you'll be okay unless Trevor Lawrence puts up, you know, single digits himself. Well, I'm picking myself too because I never want to pick against myself. But uh, but ESPN actually projects Keenan to beat me 124 to 121. Yeah. So on to your game. Yes. So what are the keys am- to this one? I am projected to win. Um, obviously, I'm banking on Tua. I have a big bounce back after not being perfect against Buffalo. He's going to play the Giants. Um, if he can get pass protection and get a little bit of time, then that will be another big game for him. Um, I've, Burrow and Chase need to not have bounce back games because um, uh, that could be hard to overcome. Let's see. I mean, if all of the receivers are out for Buff or Baltimore again, then Zay Flowers could potentially have a big game. Uh, that could be hurt. That could hurt as well. Uh, it's interesting. I've got Herbert. He's got Johnson. Um, so which running back gets the higher workload for Chicago um, and is more productive? That could be a deciding factor in this one. Um, I don't trust Damon Pierce to get more than like six points. David Montgomery has looked excellent. Uh, I like how Buffalo is using James Cook now. Um, so that's not looking good. Thielen, I know he caught a touchdown, but he's he's doesn't scare anybody anymore, I don't think. Addison is touchdown reliant as well. Um, bottom half, I mean, Dak against San Francisco could be rough. Uh, Denver's defense has been absolutely atrocious, but I am going to play them against Zach Wilson. Um, although I may want to play Buffalo against Jacksonville. I'll have to think about that a little bit more. This one's going to be pretty close, but I do think I have a good, good shot at it because he does have Jameis and Jameis Williams in, and he doesn't have anyone really exceptional to replace him with. So That'll be interesting to see. I mean, I guess you could put Zeke in. Um, but, yeah, I think I could do it. I think I got it. Um, I don't think it'll be a very high-scoring match. Mm-hmm. Well, ESPN currently projects you to win 129.8 to 107.9. Um, the reason I had this one as kind of the runner-up game of the week is because the two of you guys 
for how many years in a row are in that coming down in the final week or two in that playoff hunt for kind of the spot four and whatnot. Unfortunately for you, these last couple of years, you haven't made the playoffs. I think it's been a couple of years and he's come back to back. Um, but with you also projected to beat him, he's two and two with only 23% playoff odds. If you beat him here, y'all are both two and three, and it's really going to put a dent in his playoff chances. So I know it's early. You know, if you only lose three games on the year, you're making the playoffs for sure. But um, but this one has implications for the rest of the season. I mean, if he beats you, he's in a good spot three and two, and then you drop into one and four really would kind of put a nail into, you know, a, a definitely an uphill battle, we'll say, yeah. um, for any sort of playoff appearance. Um, and might change how people manage their team. If anyone wants to sell a little more, buy a little more, I could see this one having those impacts. Um, it's hard to say because he has Metcalf and Myers in both on buy. doesn't look like he has great, you know, options to replace michael wilson actually had a lot of work this past week marvin mims has had a couple touchdowns so i think if griffey optimizes his lineup even though you're currently projected to beat him by 22 points i think this one comes down to a coin flip um Mm -hmm. just whichever players show up and uh you know what i'm actually gonna pick him i'm gonna pick uh griffey to beat you this week um assuming he can um, find someone to put in his lineups and I, his lineup for his buy players and, and hurt players. But um, and that's fair so. because, like I said, for I think it was Keenan, my running back one and two, wide receiver one, not so much Olave, wide receiver three, and my flex of Algier could all very easily score single digit points as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot of unknown here, and maybe I'm just say, thinking Burrow and Chase. It's about time they have one of those insane games, you know, mm-hmm. uh, between the two of them and blow up that they have yet to do. Um, so I, I think I called that last week too. I, that Burrow and Chase were going to do something big, but so yeah. uh, I think that's going to happen, and I, I'm I'm predicting Jonathan Griffey. So now on to our last game, and I should have chose you because Griffey is one of the people that never listens to the podcast. So he wouldn't know that I'm giving him a shout out here. <laughs> right. Um, Sam against Ben. Now ESPN projects this to be maybe the least close game. <laughs> Sam projected to win 153.9 to 107.1 based off their current lineup set, which neither are set. I mean, there, I see some buys here, um, but Ben right now is three and one. The season ended today. He'd be in the playoffs and Sam would be the top team out. Uh, but Sam is scoring. He's in that tier after after Tyler's in the tier zone. Then me, Sam, and Billy are in that tier two. We're all pretty close to each other in scoring. So do you go with the, the team that scored a lot or the team that's won a lot? Um, I'm going with Sam on this one. Um, I think it's going to be one of those situations every week for Ben to where he's going to have an internal battle between Sam Howell and Brock Purdy. And how often is he going to choose right? And how often is he going to choose wrong? So I think that that's going to play into a factor. I mean, Sam Howell's got a nice matchup against the Bears. Um, but again, I think Brock Purdy, I know he's going to get up against Dallas's defense. Uh, but I mean, I just like what he does, especially with Shanahan and in that offense. Um, and I, I, I like Sam's team. I think he's got a good team. I think the Dolphins are going to bounce back in a big way against the Giants. Um, I have I don't believe in the 
Panthers at all. So I think St. Amaran could have a nice week. Um, and I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes. Minnesota, not known for their defense. Um, and I, like I, I said a little bit earlier, I'm a big Pacheco fan. So uh, yeah, I think I think Sam's got that one pretty easily. Um, I don't disagree with ESPN giving that one the biggest margin. Yeah, I, I think Sam's going to win big too. Um, and I hope he does. It's no secret that I'm rooting against Ben. and I want Ben to not <laughs> score a lot because I have his first round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, especially don't want him to make the playoffs because then ILP doesn't even matter. And he, you know, the four teams that make the playoffs, the last four picks. Um, but uh, your question about, you know, or your comment about Howell and Purdy choosing one, if I'm Ben, I'm starting Purdy every single week. Uh, to me, they're not in the same tier of player. And I agree. I don't, and while matchup is important, I choose defenses based off matchup. Most of the other time, unless it's like a complete coin flip player, I pick a talent over matchup virtually every time. So I, if I'm Ben, I'm always starting Purdy and Howell's just, it's good to have a third quarterback for bye weeks and it definitely helps with ILP. But, um, but yeah, I, I think just top to bottom team player by player, Sam is going to outscore Ben at almost every single position. So yeah. I don't think this one will be close. I think, but, but you never know. Sam put up 93 points this past week. So right. Um, that I mean, that's fantasy football. Where I, I'm, I've guessed throughout so far this year, I've been notorious for kind of just going chalk with my picks for the most part. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I think that's going to play out that way this time. And one last thing on Purdy, he hasn't regressed at all. I don't think. I think he's only gotten better. Um, mm-hmm. And even after the injury, I think he's come back and he's he's put up nice numbers this year. I mean, decent yardage. I mean, he's not throwing for a buck 80 and a touchdown, you know? Yeah. So, Oh yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with I'm, you. I've asked Ben about Purdy. I've messaged him and he said other people have too, but he doesn't want to trade him unless someone's willing to overpay. Yeah. Um, I would absolutely love Purdy on my team. I like him too. And I, you know, saying that he's going to have that battle between him and how or Howell and Purdy. I think that's, might be more of his perspective just based on what he paid for Howell, but I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm starting Purdy 100% of the time. If there is a week to where you don't, it would be this week, though. Not just Purdy against Dallas, it, but Howell against Chicago. Um, but it is a Thursday. He's playing Chicago on a Thursday, and Thursday games are always wonky. True, true. Um, no head coach for Ben in there. I, I feel like I'm the only one this year who's playing head coaches at all. I've played one every week. Yeah, I got one now. I, I had, I didn't have one for a bit, but I was like, well, I don't need to hold any of these kickers that are free agents on my bench. So I'll just go ahead and throw a, a head coach in there. All right. Any final thoughts before we uh, end this thing? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we didn't keep it under an hour, but it was shorter than last week with David. So, um, so let's get a suck it buoy and then we'll call this thing. All right. Suck it buoy. Suck it buoy.